Let's get this bad boy going. Welcome to Beyond the Table, a podcast about a team of folks who love publishing and playing board games, with topics ranging from capstone games news and industry insights, to games we're playing and fun we're having. This is episode 6, recorded on August 30th, and it is about to get crazy in the next couple of months. Hey everybody, it's Jillian. Hey folks, Tim here. Hey, it's Josh. Hey, it's Clay. In today's episode, after a few tales of our latest gaming stories, we'll head into the capstone corner where Clay and I will give you all some updates about our games. And I know we have a ton, so hold on. (laughs) We'll be diving into convention season and what we have planned for Gen Con and Origins. Josh, our demo master, will be joining us again today. Josh has been busy with some other things, but I'll let him get into that. Then we'll close this episode out with some questions from our Discord server. So with all that being said, join Tim and I as we take this discussion beyond the table. Josh, it is great to have you back. Tell us what you've been up to. Well, a little over two weeks ago, had my twins. So (laughs) that's been uh, a crazy journey. So Woo-hoo. party time. Yay. I did it. <laughs> I did it guys. It's That's awesome. awesome, Josh. Yeah. Happy for so, you. Yeah. And my wife was nice enough to let me go out and play some board games last weekend. So <laughs> <laughs> bonus time. I know I got to teach ride the rails to some people, which was a lot of fun. It was a three player game with another couple at a board game night I went to and like, the the northeast every hexagon in the northeast was covered in blue trains. Every oh. single one. Oh really? By one <laughs> company. He gads. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like you just every every city was looped so you could get every single one. It was it was incredible. So I was down by 75 at one point and then came back in one by two. Like just the last couple of rounds were nuts. So we did that, and then oh, last Saturday night, I got to play another game of St. Petersburg. Like that game is incredible. Classic. Classic. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's so a, good. Yeah, it's a different. It, it, I think you hit it, Clay. I mean, it's it's that it has that classic feel to it, but still uh, some some real neat decisions in it. Yeah, I just wish that physical copies weren't seventy five dollars plus in the secondary market. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Ugh. Just oh, it's so good. Do you How have the Z main one or the okay. or the new? Is the newer one with the original was Rio Grande. Yeah, and then the, the second the second edition was Z Man. So I don't have a physical. Pretty. Copy. We played it online. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. Did you end up playing it online? What what did you uh, what did you play it on? Is it on Board Game Arena yet? Yeah, yeah, it was on BGA. We played it. Okay. It was real smooth. Much smoother than uh, Yukata. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Yukata. When we played on there. 
Tim and I played a lot of games of St. Petersburg on Yukata during lockdown. Oh, yeah. I played that game a lot. Oh, man, that was one of our go-tos. I was going to say, that was one of the games we kind of found online. I had never played yeah. it, you know, on the table. Yeah, I'd played it several times, but. So they're really going for $75 on the secondary market? That's the cheapest. Like even the, it's like both editions, Z-Man's not in print anymore. Both of them are out of print and they're both, I checked today because I was just, I was curious because uh, I was pretty sure and I looked and it was like the cheap ones were $75 plus shipping. Wow. That's yeah. a good game. That's sad. It is. It is. It's really freaking good. At least they got it on BGA though. I like Board Game Arena. They do a good job. They really do. We were we were on there. We played a game of Seven Wonders in six minutes. Like <laughs> it was incredible. Uh, like I don't ever want to play Seven Wonders in person again because you can play it on BGA in seven minutes. It's so easy. So yeah, BGA does a really nice job with their implementations. I'm excited to try some of the ones I haven't gotten to do yet. I've heard really good things about it, and people who usually play on BGA always love it, but none of the games that we really play are on there or are on, like, TTS, so I usually use that. But I know Rift Force is going to be on BGA, but I don't know when. Probably soon, though, right? Or is it already on there? I think it's alpha testing okay. right now, or beta testing, maybe. It's okay. one of the two phases, but yeah, it's, cl- it's close. It'll be end of this year for sure. Okay. Awesome. Terra Mystica is on there as well. Or do you use the app to always play? Oh, yeah. Whenever I'm playing, it's on the uh, it's on the Android app. (laughs) Always playing it. (laughs) Hey, It's so good. I love Terra Mystica. It's one of my top two games. Do you think you'd ever do like one of those tournaments or anything? I'm garbage at the game. (laughs) I just love playing it. Like... I don't know. There's, there's a, <laughs> as we proved, I lost to Clay. Like, barely oh, though. Man. It was a close game. Yeah, that's, I don't know. <laughs> I think I got lucky. I don't know. Lucky that you remembered at the last second. <laughs> Clay, what have you been up to? Well, aside from the madness at the warehouse, just getting ready for conventions, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But yeah, we did a we did our live stream of Iberian Gage on Tabletop Simulator and hosted it on on the Beyond the Table um, on our YouTube, and that was I had so much fun doing that. It just shows that every game is different in these Iron Rail series. Yeah, just enjoyed that a lot and. All the backstabbing nature that that game lets out. And then... Hey, we all won. We all won because Tim lost. Oh, my goodness. Tim. (laughs) (laughs) I felt bad for Tim because Tim was... I think we all just kind of are like, okay, we can't let Tim win. This is (laughs) unacceptable. Yeah, we definitely ganged up on you. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm used to it. It's totally normal. It's totally normal, Jillian. I look back and I remember staring at the screen trying to figure out, okay, because I got first pick. Do I take an orange share and double up or do I take a purple share and level out? And the answer is always take, always level out, always level out. Mm-hmm. But of course, that's not what I did. Ended up on an island 
It's a r- real quick way to find last place. Yeah. Purple yeah. Train came back with a vengeance. See, that's the thing. <laughs> I knew I knew the destin or the uh, at least the legacy of the Purple Train, so I had a pretty good idea what likely was going to happen. <laughs> and somehow, it snatched it snatched a win there. I don't know. I got I got I got to pay more attention when that when that camera's on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The Iberian Gage live stream was so fun just because it was really fun to have like the banter in the game, but then also the banter in the chat as well, because like, uh, I don't know if you guys remember me saying you guys are giving me stinky stonks. And yep. <laughs> people just started using that later on, like, oh, the stinky stonks are going to come out. And I'm like, I don't know, that's just like really funny. And I hope that people use that in their own games. Like you're giving me stinky stonks <laughs> or something, but I don't know. It's really fun interacting with people in that way. Yeah. I'm looking forward to doing it. We're working on some stuff in-house. Kind of ramp that up and maybe you'll see some more stuff come from us soon. And aside from that, like I said, convention prep has been consuming a lot of time and just getting ready for the big show in Essen and the U.S. shows. But uh, we'll talk about that later. Uh, Last thing I want to talk about is Jill gave me a choose your own adventure game called house of danger. I don't know if you guys remember those books back in the day, the choose your own adventure ones. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. Yeah. So the designer is, I think Prospero hall before they got real big. I think it was one of their early releases before they did like jaws. And I don't know what are the other ones that they've done? Like Jurassic park, I think. And house of danger is the first Choose your own adventure game. It is so basic. I mean, you're you're reading a little story out of a. It's it's essentially reading a story out of a book, and then it's giving you like one or two different options to choose, and then you go. It's just card based, and you find that card, read it, and make decisions after that. Sometimes you have to go through some skill checks, and if you succeed, things happen. If you fail, things happen. So it just branches in multiple ways, and the entire game is five chapters. And it's broken into one chapter and it takes about an, an hour to play one chapter. And Oh, okay. This, yeah. And it, it's nothing earth shattering. Just want to get that out of the way. This is, an, <laughs> this is a phenomenal game to play with kids. Um, so my seven-year-old and my four-year-old love the crap out of this game. And kind of what you're doing is you're going to investigate this this house that you find out is called the Marsden house. And so my kids are just randomly start talking about it. And for example, Hunter, my four-year-old, at the end of one of the chapters, you find Professor Marsden and he was real freaking out because I'm reading what's going on. And, and, and I was like, it's okay. We got Professor Marsden. He's on our side now. And he's like, Oh, that's so good. Like he was so relieved. <laughs> and like two days later, we're just driving in the car. It's quiet. And Hunter's in the back seat and he goes, Professor Marston's on our side. Like he's just thinking about the game and he just like randomly says it. Talking like, what was that? What'd you say? It's <laughs> Professor Marston's on our side. Like, you're right. He is. We need to, we need to play this game again. So they're all. They're all into it, and it's just a fun family time, so. <laughs> I love that he does yeah. that. <laughs> it's, it's classic Hunter. Is it a uh, yeah. is it a lot of reading? 
is it almost like you you have a um you yeah know, it's a like a book. adventure book yeah it's 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 uh the each chapter has like a page and a half i mean it's like really small on, oh okay on tarot size cards so you read the front and the back and then there's like a little picture and it's done in the same style as those books from the 80s and my son hunter the four-year-old is really into it and the front of the card is usually a wall of text and on the back you got to make your decision and there's usually a picture of what's going on and every time we get a new card he's like i want to see the back i want to see it like, <laughs> i'll read it first and then we'll see what it is <laughs> he's just it just keeps him on edge so but yeah if you have kids this is a great game to just break out and just kind of you take control and, and say okay we're gonna i'm gonna tell a story and you guys get to make the decisions on what happens and then you just read it and i'm not reading it word for word because it's you know a little bit over their head so you just kind of kind of dumb it down a little bit and do a little basic um you know reading of it and they love it now that's cool you think they it it sounds like for the most part they followed the story i mean if if you're hearing about it a couple of days later i'm guessing i'm guessing it connected it's getting kind of wonky right now it's oh, really? uh yeah there's aliens involved now so we're, <laughs> we're talking about aliens and uh oh spoilers <laughs> yeah so i don't Jeez, know the last yeah sorry just ruined it <laughs> But, it was uh, already in Amazon, and you just ruined it. <laughs> I'm not buying it now. <laughs> I can't believe there's aliens in the house of danger. I thought it would be like spooky ghosts or something. That's what I was guessing too. Yeah. Oh, it, it's 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 unique. Every chapter's different, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's nothing earth shattering. I mean, it's literally you just read a little passage, and do you want to go left or do you want to go right? So, but uh, yeah, they love it glad that they enjoyed it because I originally bought it from Eric and I and I was like you know what I'm gonna see if this is something that we'd like um just to play with ourselves and then I read the rule book which I think is literally four pages or around that it's it's really tiny and I read the rule book and I was like this is not going to sound fun for us at all because like it's just making it's very basic yeah. yeah it's very it's not what we're used to it's very it it's Clay, I feel like, got the best use out of it with kids and figuring it out that way. Or, like, maybe introducing people to, like, role-playing games. It might be good to use that or something. But with Eric and I, when we, we play D&D a lot and, um, like, Boomhaven and stuff, so this was a little bit, like, too easy for us, I guess. So, not our thing. So, glad that you got really good use out of it with Hunter and Mason. Yeah, Jill, if you want something that's going to give that kind of feel, but a little bit more complex, I highly recommend Time Stories. Time Stories, have, yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Time Stories is so good. I would play that with four players. We tried yep. it. Two players, it wasn't that good. Three players, you just feel like you're missing that fourth person. I would highly recommend that. Going on the list, that, the which I feel hey. like we haven't mentioned in a while, so glad to get it back in there. Yeah. <laughs> Jill, I might have all of the games that you could just you know borrow and play. They they might just be able to find their way to your doorstep. I don't know. <laughs> I would love that, or we can do like a trade or something at Gen Con, and then I can give them back to you at Pax U or something. Yeah, there you go. I mean, let me tell you it. I would be more than happy to lend those to you because they're really, really good. I'm, I'm down. I'm definitely down for that. 
Tim, what's up, man? I want to hear All some right. games you've been playing. I always get excited. So talking. <laughs> uh, let's go to the other end of the spectrum. You know, if we're if we're bouncing around with uh, with Iberian, I know it was Ride the Rails, and then Saint Saint Petersburg a little bit with Iberian, and then House of Danger. Uh, let's hop into a different uh, different genre. I was wanting to talk about this war of mine, and I've talked about this game a couple times, or at least mentioned it in passing. I think I met, I brought it up. Um, when we were talking about solo games, um, but this is a 2017 title uh, combination of, of uh, publishers here. So Awaken Realms, Ares, uh, Galacta. So it's a civilian perspective simulation of modern civil war. I mean, it's it kind of set in a fictitious Eastern European state based on a video game of the same name. That's uh, something we've talked about in the past. We've got some, um, some uh, analog versions or ports of, of video uh, video games lately, and this is this is one of them. Again, nothing uh, nothing brand new. Like I said, about uh, three and a half four years old. Uh, originally, it was a Kickstarter. I found out I don't didn't even remember that. But uh, yeah, it's a solo or a co op. From a co op standpoint, I mean, you're basically playing it as a solo. Basically, everyone's just working together to choose what the actions are going to be of the characters. And they uh, and the characters take actions during the day, almost similar, not quite, but similar to a uh, like an action selection slash worker placement. So you you've got some minis for your characters. You place them in certain places, and then they do you know wherever you place them, they they do take an action. And then in the uh, in the evenings, they're uh, scavenging for to get more goodies, and then protecting their shelter. So it's uh, it's kind of a two phase game, and that's um, every day. Let's see. I think the the overall campaign has three acts. Each act has between three and five days. So it's it is definitely a game that can t- take a little while, but with that comes the story that develops. So basically, it's a survival game with a game trying to take you out in multi multitude different ways. Uh, food and water are constant need, as well as uh, heading off the bitter cold which can lead to illness and uh, oh yeah, there are snipers trying to pick you off while you're trying to do oh, all nice. this. So yeah, there's, there's just all kinds of ways that you can, uh, you can lose the game. And, and uh, even, even if you, you know, quote unquote win, it's still uh, still a question if you really won. So on, on top of that, my favorite part of it is the, of, of this title is the extensive choose your own adventure style decisions. So somewhat similar to what you were just talking about. Just it's house of danger, basically. It's, it's, you just it's read house some of danger. text and you I mean, decide A or B. That's what it is. That, that's, that's basically all, all it is. is. I'm just it's, kidding. It's, it's, it's house of danger <laughs> in a European uh, country. That, that's really all it is. No, <laughs> no not quite. <laughs> but... But it does have a lot of storytelling. That's why I was a little bit why I was asking how much storytelling was in House of Danger because this uh, and it's it's in short passages. I mean, nothing that I've run into is like a, a you know a page of story or anything like that. It's at most you know a you know maybe a handful of sentences, maybe maybe ten at most. Oh, but nice. um, but each one it just gives a little snippet of something very visual, very evocative to uh, to ground the story in. And, I don't uh, like yeah, I mean, when they do the long. Pa- I'm going to read this whole book right now. You guys sit tight. Here we go. Oh, see, <laughs> it seems like that, you, man. You don't like you don't like that. See, I'm no, I'm actually when, I'm actually moving more toward that. That's oh, actually what I'm is. getting more. Uh, yeah, I'm getting more enjoyment out of right now. Uh, another game, just to toss out the name, is uh, that the family's kicking around right now is Madara. 
just the first encounter I think was uh, it was like 15, 20 minutes of reading, setting up for the first encounter. <laughs> I mean, oh Clay's, Clay's head goes See, instantly to his hands. I'm here to play games, guys. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Explore It. That's oh. another one. Explore It has a little bit of, I mean, that's, I, I said that's more, uh, that's more leveling up and character, character building, but there is, there is a little story book that goes along with that. I say that's probably more similar to this war of mine. It's got like little snippets. If you run into this guy, read this passage. Like Dead of Winter Crossroads cards, or you said that this one has like f- 10 sentences or something. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, something perfect, like that. Man. That's yeah. perfect. And that's, I would say that this had a similar narrative feel uh, or quantity, you know, the, the amount as what I felt. I, I tended to see with Dead of Winter. What was that system that they had? Crossroads? Crossroads cards? Yeah. Crossroads. Yeah, that that's what that so was cool. called. So, yeah, that was, um, it, it kind of had that feel. But yeah, and again, we talked about this last time with uh, with Nemesis. This is another one that has a, a cinematic experience worthy of note taking and potentially short story writing. Like when you're done, you you kind of I mean, you, you, story. you know and remember the story you've got. Uh, you start off with three characters. You hopefully finish with three. That's another thing that happens. I mean, losing people, leaving uh, people dying for multiple reasons. That's the other thing I was going to say. Don't don't get me wrong. This one is not for everyone. This is a. Um, it's definitely not a game. I would say is is fun, per se. It's definitely seriously trying to take you out in whatever way it can, uh, and right when you're riding high on the you know a plentiful bounty of food and supplies that you've just scavenged, it's right there to meet you with a band of occupying soldiers to beat you up and take all the stuff that you just scavenged. So it has those real high highs and real low lows and leaves you uh, wounded, hungry, fatigued, and miserable and ill. Those are the five uh, status categories. And yes, misery is one of the status categories (laughs) that you have to manage on your characters. I love that roller coaster, though, when you get Oh, it's awesome. I got all this stuff. And then boom, right there just (laughs) smacks you hard, man. Like, nope. The next card's a group of soldiers that comes and beats you up and takes all your stuff. And it's like, what the? Okay, I guess. (laughs) And then you go back hungry. You're not going to be able to eat the next day. You're not going to have water. So it's just going to get worse. And that's the thing. It, It tends to have that spiral. Uh, and it's the downward spiral is much, much more prevalent than an upward spiral. I mean, yeah, um, you know, success can breed a little bit of success in it, but lack of success definitely breeds lack of success. Wow. It's one I've, again, I have played solo, have played uh, co-op. Couple of weeks ago, I played um, several games just in succession solo. Uh, it comes with some different scenarios that uh, really change up, I guess, the overall overall gameplay. It kind of starts you with a little bit of a head start, so it's a little bit of a shorter shorter play as well. I think I was getting those done in like two two and a half hours. But again, I mean, it's it's like it's like a long movie. What do you? I mean, is do you like the solo experience with that? Have you been doing a lot of solo play? I haven't been doing a ton. That is one of the games I do enjoy. I mean, I've, I've, I've done some. Like we were talking, uh, I started messing around with Explorer a little bit. A lot of the leadier games, those are the ones that I'm tending into solo. And then this one. Nice. This one sounds really interesting to me for the reason being of similarities to Nemesis, where 
it's a, it's got the cinematic appeal. I mean, that's what you called it, cinematic experience, and I like that a lot. I have to be in the mood for it, but you know, if I'm if I'm really jonesing for a good movie, because freaking Hollywood, man, there's not been really any good movies out lately. <laughs> right? I can't believe you just used Jones in one. <laughs> what? What's wrong with that? <laughs> it's like the bomb, right? Come on. <laughs> it's so rad. <gasps> <laughs> Next, he's going to start saying groovy. Oh, God. <laughs> just taking it back. Something, it's something from the 20s. But, uh, yeah, I just... That has me excited. Is there a little bit more strategy to it than a nemesis? Or is it... I mean, I, I like that the game's trying to kill you, too, because that creates tension. <laughs> and tension in a cinematic experience moves you physically. Like, just, just really makes you feel the tension in the room. And I, I like when a game can do that. There's some, there, there's a little bit of a puzzle. Like, uh, and again, you're, so during the day you are basically managing your shelter and there's all the activities that you can do within the shelter to set you up to have a decent or worse day. Some of them have a little bit of a high risk, high reward uh, situation associated with them. You can go out around the neighborhood and look for other people. Uh, of course, you do have to roll a, uh, I think it's a 10 sided die. And on it's like a, dead of winter and on a ten, cold. it's yeah, it's either I can't remember if it's a ten or a six. Holy cow, it's been a while. Now that I'm thinking about it, but yeah, snipers, snipers are, are shooting at you. So, nice. um, so you got that going for you. Interesting. Sounds kind of cool. I'm interested. Josh, I know, is just like, oh, he wants to play this so bad. Yeah, he's ch- he's chopping at the bit. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> All those cinematic experiences you guys are talking about, not my cup of tea, and that's okay. i gotta be in the mood for it but yeah it's neat when it's pulled off right and this is when jillian i I think you you and eric would uh would like as well i think that's when we've talked about in the past we just need to figure out how to carve out some time yeah it sounds really interesting and i've always loved games like this and i always love storytelling like i love the lore and everything and all that so definitely Sounds like it's right up my alley. Cool, cool, cool. All right, Jillian, what about you? What have you been playing? Pretty much what you guys have been playing. I mean, we all played Iberian together, and that was fun, as we mentioned earlier. Um, Got to play a game of Rorschach with our friends recently, and they really liked it. Um, We had a fun time. We just had, like, a small party and couple of drinks and we're just hanging having fun playing that game it's a perfect party game i will say it's really fun and it's really beautiful to look at kind of a mixture between medium and code names or code names and code name pictures i guess actually that's like the perfect description for rorschach and we've also been playing gloomhaven of course still doing that with the regular group of friends that I've been talking about pretty much this whole podcast. We did get the water breathing achievement recently, but we are stuck in this one scenario and it is really, really hard to get out. I don't want to spoil anything too much, but basically you have to turn a switch off and there's four switches or however many players are playing at the time. There's um, an equal amount of switches. And so when you get into the last room, There's just things spawning, and so you have to kill those while also turning off switches, and it is really, really hard to do. 
is extremely hard and frustrating and we love it. <laughs> so it's a lot of work, but we're hoping next time with our strategy that we can do it. Now that's cool. Now, how, how far into that, the overall narrative, do you think you guys are? Not far at all. We oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So we've been playing this about once a week for the last uh, six-ish months with some weekends taken out because life comes in the way sometimes. But we were just talking about this last weekend when we were playing that we've only successfully completed, I think, 12 scenarios. And there's like, what, 90-something scenarios? In oh, this. wow. Okay. All so, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 12 is good though that's a good yeah. uh that's a good quantity for getting into a game like that with the same group that's solid yeah it's been really fun and we we talk about it all the time because we have our own like discord server with our friend group and we have another friend that lives in cincinnati um who we don't see as often and he's like you know this game sounds like something i'd really enjoy because he's really into role-playing games so he and his friends started playing that And that is like their gateway game into the tabletop industry, which is kind of monstrous. Yeah, (laughs) it's a lot to understand. Um, There's a lot going on. So, yeah, it is a really good game, though. So it's it's easy to have fun with it, especially with other friends that um, like role playing games. So I'm glad that he found this game through us. That's that's really good. I love hearing how new people get into the hobby. Yeah. That's exciting. So Gloomhaven, that's some big steps right there. But yeah. hey, whatever works, works. Yeah. And to bring oh. this like full circle, the friend that I'm talking about is our friend Ryan, who will be helping volunteer at our booth at Gen Con. Oh, nice. Which I think he signed up for Iberian Gage slots. So if you are, I think, 10 to 2... Stopping by the Capstone booth, you'll meet Ryan if you're playing Iberian Gage. <laughs> Very nice. Very good. All right. Well, that sounds like a good time. Let's head over to the Capstone Corner and see what's new with everybody at Capstone and all the games that we have coming out. Oh, yeah. So, Clay, why don't you start off with that? Because I know you love talking about the shipping issues. (laughs) No, so we, yeah, it's, (laughs) I mean, I I do like talking about it because it's an interesting time in the world that's never really been seen before but we went to chicago earlier this month and met with our freight forwarder in person and just kind of got the the scoop on what's going on in the overall industry as a whole um but yeah just the entire logistics of international ocean freight and air freight is is just the demand is just through the roof and there's not enough supply of containers. There's not enough supply of truckers that will drive to the final destination to deliver the container, the chassis, which the trucker needs to attach to his truck so that the container can sit on there. 
and basically all the ocean vessels are in use. Even ones that have been in retirement, so to speak, have come back. So it's not like you can just turn around and go to Walgreens and buy an ocean container and put it in the water and and solve the problem. I mean, these things are massive and take years to build and millions and millions of dollars. So we're doing as much as we can. All the ports are backed up as usual. Fun fact, uh, not really fun. This is actually kind of sad, but uh, there was a typhoon in Asia. I think it hit China and the Ningbo port. And it just just really screwed everything up in that entire region. Uh, there's a huge COVID lockdown um, at one of the ports. And there's a backlog of shipping from there as well. Most of our goods are coming from Shanghai, which hasn't had too much delays. I mean, it is pretty backed up, but it's relative to other ports out there. This is one is it's OK. I mean, we're, we're, we're doing the best we can, but there is going to be a shipping bubble. I mean, prices keep rising on containers. We got a quote for two containers for $75,000. That was that was pretty insane. And uh, we were able to figure out a solution for that to avoid that kind of a charge. So, wow. Yeah. There's a lot of different ways you can ship containers. I've learned by visiting our freight forwarder that the steamship lines have a majority of control. And it'll ship from China to the United States to one of the major ports on the West Coast, or you can go to the East Coast. It doesn't matter which one you pick because they're all backed up. So the steamship line doesn't have enough time that they want to let that container sit in the United States to get delivered to the final destination. So when you live not in Chicago or L.A. or New York, your container comes into, like let's say, L.A. It will get on a train to go travel all the way up to Chicago Then it will transload to another train, the CSX line, and travel down to Cincinnati. That's a majority of like destinations. If you're in St. Louis, if you're in Memphis, Tennessee, anywhere, not Chicago, not L.A., not New York, you have a second leg of a train to get your container. The steamship line is like, screw that. We're not doing any kind of deliveries to the mainland like that. So all bookings that are like that are booked through that kind of method are just continually postponed. So we have to get our container delivered in Chicago, and then I have to pay for a trucker to deliver it all the way from Chicago. Fortunately, it's not that long of a drive, but it is pretty, it's like $2,000 basically to get them to to drive from there to deliver the container. So fun little adder on the shipping cost, but yeah, we're, we're doing the best we can. Um, there's a shipping bubble that's coming. I'm predicting probably some time in 2022, maybe quarter one. We'll see. It's all going to fall out. People are going to stop paying these $30,000 prices for containers. It's just not realistic um, unless everybody raises prices, which you're probably going to start seeing across the board. So, but yeah, I could go on and on about shipping. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but uh, there is some shipping delays out there and uh, <laughs> we're, we've got things trickling in. So like every month, something's going to come in like we just got uh, Cloud Age and uh, Jill will tell you about the rest of the things that are coming in. Yeah, I think it's important to highlight all the shipping. So little note, I think you did good with all that, um, which you can cut that out, Alex. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's, no, no it's credit. all really, no credit really to good Clay. to put that in there. I think people don't realize that. Yeah, we're going to take that and just yeah. redline through it. <laughs> it's all good. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. 
and, and real quick, I mean, just to give you an idea, I mean, we, I know we've all kind of got our head down in capstone and how it's affecting capstone, but I'm seeing it in some of these other uh, areas as well. I'm actually um, looking at a, a pledge manager for a Kickstarter that just popped up in the past uh, past week or so. It, it's going back to something we talked about, well, I think it was April, is Mythic Battles, oh, uh, Ragnarok, and their pledge manager just, just opened, and they gave everyone a heads up and said, hey, shipping's up like crazy. We're going to try to subsidize as much as we can, but we are going to pass, pass off some of that to the folks that did pledge. And with what they came through, I thought it was, mm-hmm. was quite reasonable. Now, it, it wasn't yeah. cheap, but uh, you know, understanding what the uh, what the inflation has been on shipping, I guess I have I'm maybe a little bit more desensitized to it. But there's a ton of people wanting to pull yeah. their pledges. What was the adder? I mean, am I allowed? To, are we allowed to know what that was? Like five. Uh, the estimates they had were maybe uh, for a specific pledge. Let's say I think it was like forty, and it ended oh, up an being 20. for okay. a three hundred three hundred fifty dollar pledge. Yeah, because those things are big boxes. This is the thing I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. Is yeah, they're huge. They're huge, heavy boxes, and um, it, it just seems like there's a uh, there's a contingent of folks out there that oh. think shipping's free. I think uh, you know Amazon has has uh, really really spoiled people the last uh, you know half yeah. a decade plus. That's the thing I've been noticing. Like you can only fit so many things inside a forty foot container. Mm-hmm. And these big Kickstarters right. that you're talking about with all these boxes for one pledge, that's a lot of volume for one container. And that's, yeah, at 20 bucks. That's, yeah, that's, that's reasonable, especially for that size of, of game. I mean, that's going to take up a lot of that volume right. of the container. Yep. That's what I was thinking too. You know, I really love these games. I'm willing to do anything to help out these publishers, other publishers in like times of need, because I'm sure that these $20 upcharge is not reflected maybe very well. And I don't know. I just want to like help somebody out during this time. It just makes sense to, because I want them to keep publishing more and better games in the future. So I'm, I just think it just makes sense to, take that $20 and give it to them. I don't know. Yeah. I think uh, Jillian needs to meet some more gamers. What do you think, Clay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe you should talk to Eric and see what... Uh, no, I, I just looked it up. I just looked it up. For that pledge, it was $49 uh-huh. estimated. Oh, it went that's up to nothing. 60. That's a... Yeah, there it is. 10 bucks? Yeah. I know. That's... Yeah. That's re. I mean, that's exactly what they're seeing. Is that I guarantee you, that's pretty much a majority of their cost yeah. on the container. That's very fair. Yeah. But it's unfortunate at the same time. You don't want to have to go back and hey, I need more money to do this. That's that's not fun. Yeah. But hey, I hope most publishers can survive this. I know it's tough, but not to linger on this too long because we are getting some games in, and that's really really exciting too. On a little bit of a, an upswing. Um, for example, we just got Cloud Agent today and did a little bit of heavy lifting and sent out <laughs> a monster distributor order. Um, so our arms are probably going to be sore for the next couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> and now you said it wasn't no. floor loaded, was no. it? No. Palletized. Okay. 
All right, so at least you didn't no. have to mess with that. Okay. Teramisco was floor loaded, and that was the end of my life, oh. I think. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> that wasn't that bad. It was cooler out. It was like April. It was cold, and yeah. got the body heat going. Yeah. You still hate me, okay? <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I'm a baby. It's fine. Um, and then I think we'll probably get Rift Force in next week. Um, I, I think like early next week. So that's really exciting. We'll have that for Gen Con and Origins. And we'll talk about that more in the in the main topic. Um, that's going to be of, hot. That's <laughs> going to be hot at Gen Con and Origins. Yeah. And to bring it back to like some sad news, um, some unfortunate news to touch on the vessels not leaving. Savannah Park and glass road are part of the delays that we're seeing and unfortunately will not be here for gen con and origins you remember that camel the the alec baldwin camel and camel up we were talking about on one of those episodes <laughs> yeah glass yep. road is the alec baldwin of containers because <laughs> it just can't get out of it just keeps getting delayed all the time yeah. this was supposed to be here back in may i think yeah and we're looking like a Five-month delay on that, six-month delay, seven-month right. delay. Who knows? Glass and, Road. And which one yes. is that? That's Glass Road? Yeah. yeah. Oh, this is just the nature of the beast, man. You got to take what you can get and push hard every day on getting this stuff out. So. And I feel bad because uh, like back in like January, I was hounding distributors for the Glass Road numbers. And now it's yeah. uh, September. And I'm like. Yeah, so about that, we don't have Glass Road yet. Sorry. That. Holiday release now. New holiday release. <laughs> yeah. So. so holiday release 2022? Yeah, there we go. Probably, <laughs> with the way things are going. Yeah. We do have it September 9th, I think, is the, the sailing date. So yeah. hopefully that doesn't get delayed again. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We, we might have some really nice games for packs unplugged. Oh, yeah. We're going to have some. We always do. Yeah. I think Savannah Park, Glass Road. All the Essence stuff will be there. Orleone, um, Imperial Steam. Yeah. It's going to be a really fun show. Uh, Erosion, yeah. Boom Lake. Yeah. yeah. All those big games. So, yeah. Not to make everybody sad about shipping delays and all that, but you can probably... Talk like I said, it. every month we've got something dropping. That's what's it's just sprinkled out all yeah. the way out to February. Yeah. And this month it's Rift Force, and I am so excited about that one. And it's gonna be bomb. Oh my gosh, I almost said bomb.com in 2021. Um it's gonna be really fun at Gen Con and Origins. So bomb.com at yeah. origins bomb.com at origins we're gonna have shirts that say i don't know i don't know Wait, you can't i heard jillian say bomb.com in 2021 <laughs> jillian said bomb.com in 2021 so i'm gonna say bomb.com in 2021 that's a that's the front and back quote. of the shirt that's the front and the back of the shirt the front says i heard jill say it so in the back says so now i'm gonna say it
So for the main topic, we had a uh, the, the big question out here, and uh, uh, you know, hopefully, it's the question on uh, lots of folks' minds, at least uh, those around Capstone Games, is what should folks expect from Capstone Games at Origins and Gen Con this year? So uh, basically, we wanted to talk real quick just through our overall uh, convention uh, plans and some of the prep that we have going on, and. Um, and then just you know toss that around the uh, the table here. So first of all, just as uh, Jillian and Clay were talking about, well, we had bigger plans that unfortunately uh, were dashed by the shipping struggles that we continue to hear and talk about. So we were originally planning to feature five new hot titles, and um, based on some of the issues that we've had, we're going to trim it down to three. But I'll tell you, man, these are these are three real good ones. We've got Juicy Fruits, uh, Rift Force, Iberian Gauge. They'll all be filtered, uh, featured at both Gen Con and Origins this year. We're going to uh, likely have multiple tables for Rift Force going on because we are expecting that one to um, to to have a little bit of a uh, little bit of demand. So uh, looking forward to that here in the next couple of weeks. Also, I heard uh, Jill, there's something going on with a Rift Force tournament. What's going on with that? Yeah. So at Origins, we have our own room for the entirety of the convention. And I think on Friday is the day that we are doing this. Um, we are doing a Rift Force tournament. I just posted the trophies in our Discord and on Twitter and Instagram. It's for the champion and the runner up. Not everybody gets a trophy, I'm sorry. But <laughs> I'm super excited about this. The plan is to live stream the tournament with the help of Alex, who is our producer and has been doing our other live streams. And like I mentioned before, the winner and runner-up will receive a trophy, and the winner will receive a capstone gift card that they can use at our booth or on our uh, store, our our web store. So, yeah, it's going to be super fun. Uh, I have it slotted for 64 people. So I think Origins has uh, let the events loose, so to speak. Uh, So... You can sign up for that now. I think it's just a couple of dollars. So yeah, should be really fun. That's what I was going to say. It sounded like it was going to be added to the mm-hmm. event catalog. And I think I think it, it, it likely is going to take one token, which I, th- I think they're two bucks. So yeah, I, th- I think yeah. you're you're right in the line there. All right. That's yeah. cool. Very good. Yeah, I love I love going to conventions. I mean, if you've never been and you're considering going, I, I would definitely do it you know maybe if it's just for one day but it's just we're very welcoming and we have a good time and really enjoy the company of of our guests and our booth and um, want to make sure they're having a good time as well and we try to do that and uh with josh tim that have been there for for years in the past i mean we've got a solid team everybody that's helped out in the past before as well i mean there's a ton of people that have just always been there consistently and I, I miss it. It's been two years now, and the last time we were at a show was PAX Unplugged in Philadelphia 2019, and the memories that we had there were great, um, some of the best. Going forward, I mean, every convention, you get some fun memories and stuff, and it's all about you know meeting the, the people and, and uh, sharing that same interest of board gaming and discovering new games together at the, t- at the same table, and you grow attached to it, and it's a, it's a wonderful community. We're very excited to go again, and I hope to see you there. If if you if you're listening to this and and you're you're making the, the trek out, 
hope please stop by our booth just say hi and uh if you want to demo a game great if not no big deal um like i said we're just there to to, to showcase our, our latest products have a good time doing it and, and and all that fun stuff and josh will be at gen con like he mentioned before doing demos well, i'll be at or Origin, be at sorry. Origins doing sorry. demos. Get them I will mixed be running. <laughs> I'll be running Gen Con online for Capstone. Um, yes. So we'll be running demos once a day for uh, at G of the Games, and actually, uh, we will be running demos of Savannah Park online for for mm-hmm. Gen Con online. So if you unfortunately can't go to Gen Con, but you still want to get kind of a sneak peek at Savannah Park, since it won't be actually at either of the shows. Come hang out with me in the uh, Gen Con online. We'll we'll play a game and 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 the the tables. I mean these these games are going to go quickly. So if you stop by and all the tables are full, which we hope they are, you know, it stick around. It's not going to be long before one opens up and you can sit down and you know I'll be uh, more than happy to teach you any of the games. I mean I've played all of them now after our gaming weekend a few weeks ago. Like they're all fantastic and we're we're gonna have a good time. You know, we've got some of the best teachers in the business, mostly Tim, but, you know. <laughs> Learn from the best, they say. <laughs> yep, nothing but the best for our for our fans. So, you know, we're, <laughs> we're going to have a good time and just it's stop by. There's always a lot of energy at the booth. I mean, I, I still remember uh, the first time Clay saw me at a show. Like, he didn't have any uh, idea what was coming his way. <laughs> no. I want to bottle up your energy and uh, I'll need it on Saturday or Sunday when, especially at Gen Con, that show is going to be a long one this year because we've got the Alliance open house beforehand. So Mm -hmm. it's basically two shows in one. Um, So I'll be there for basically almost a whole week. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're arriving that Tuesday, right? I believe so. I'm still waiting to see what our move-in schedule is for Gen Con, but more than likely uh, we will be getting there Tuesday. Oh man. Just talking about it. Just, I just, I have a Google, like an Alexa thing for, but with Google, it shows the pictures and it just randomly starts showing these pictures from August of last year or a couple years ago when we were at Gen Con playing time of crisis in the JW lobby. And you guys remember that Tim? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I don't know. You see that and you're like, oh man, that was, can we go back to those fun times, please? So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's the, the kind of memories like that. I like the beginning of the shows because it's a little quieter. It's, it's calmer. You're getting your booth set up and you have time to actually talk to people and you don't feel rushed. It's great. And then, but you know, the storms, not the storm, but you know what I'm saying? Like it, it's coming to where it's going to, it's going to get crazy as, as time goes on. And, and then Thursday, the doors open and boom, it's on. Yeah, just ready for that experience again. Really looking forward to it. With Origins, we've got our room again. We've been, we, this is the third year in a row we've done that uh, by sponsoring Origins. And um, we'll have to have a little get together probably on Friday night there and a little toast to the convention. Be a lot of fun. So, yeah. I'm excited. And Josh, Josh is rocking the the online booth, like you said, the camp capstone of Gen Con, basically. Yep. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. And then come see us at Origins. Even if it's something that isn't one of the, the three that's featured, I'm sure I can teach it to you because I know the whole capstone backlog and I'll probably have a copy of it with me. So 
<laughs> Especially the estates. Let's rock some of the estates because uh, that's a classic that will never get old. Yes. <laughs> that is a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. All these are my first board game conventions. I'm really excited to see how they go. And not to like hype everybody up, but I think our Gen Con booth is going to be the party booth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you're going to be missing one key ingredient. Yeah. Uh-oh. We'll have your spirit with you. <laughs> or with us, sorry. But, um, I was talking to... about Alex, but okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> which, okay, Alex is coming to Origins, which is really exciting because I haven't met Alex in person yet. So I think that'll be really fun to have him around. Yeah, yeah. I think this is one of his first con- like board game conventions as well. Mm-hmm. So we're we're flying him out and it'll be a good time. Origins is is the one I'm looking forward to. I wish my wife could make it. We're, we'll see if she can, but I know she's coming to Gen Con. So yeah, that's what I was going to ask. I was wondering uh, if she was going to be able to make it to to one of them. Sounds like Gen yeah. Con is Gen Con's is happening. On. Hopefully, okay. we, we can figure something out. But yeah, all right. Cool. Um, either way, it's going to be fun, and uh, got the whole team with us at Origins. It'll be. Great. I'm excited. Two weeks. We got everything ready, too. Kind of need to get some T-shirts for the uh, volunteers. But there's not a lot of volunteers. That's the thing we're having trouble finding. So mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I was just looking at uh, at the Gen Con list right now. Jillian, did you want to mention a couple people who are planning to be in the booth? Yeah. So Ryan, our friend, is going to be there. Nobody knows who he is, but he's cool. <laughs> so everyone look for Ryan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're Jill's friend, Ryan, right? <laughs> was, was this the one that thought you were best friends with Rodney? No, that's my other friend. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's funny, though. We have Benita Kaur, who is a Twitch streamer and just overall really positive, great person in the industry. She is the one that did the Twitch stream for India uh, COVID relief. And they raised like, what, like $20,000? I do not remember at all. Wow. Um, That's impressive. Yeah. They did a Twitch stream for that. And it it was amazing. She's just a great person, great human being. Hats off to her. That's that's impressive. Yeah. And she's going to be at our booth. She's going to be doing a demo each day, I think, um, every morning or during the morning shifts. And then another really cool person that's going to be at our booth is Reina Medina, who is One Minute Board Games. Um, and she is she's just really cool, too. She's a full-time student doing like content creation on the side. Just really awesome. She has, like, what, like, 300,000 followers on TikTok. And I don't know, she's just a really, really cool person. And I'm excited to have them both at our booth. Other thing I wanted to mention is, um, and thinking back to two years ago, one of the all-stars in our Gen Con booth, Clay, was uh, Brant Sanderson. It sounds like he's coming back to help us out with a with a few shifts as well. Nice. So it'd be good to good to have uh, have some friendly faces, friendly yeah. Gen Gen Con faces in the booth. So yeah. good from times the, from the pre COVID times. 
Yeah, <laughs> right. See Brant again. Good times. <laughs> nice. But yeah, we're ready. We're ready to rock and roll. Um, less than two weeks away. Well, about two weeks away. Yeah. But yeah, it's happening. We're on. Woohoo. Now, have you guys heard anything from either Gen Con or, or, or Origins, either, either one of them, about what they expect for crowds? No. I think that, that question's kind of out there. Folks are trying to figure out, is it going to be a little bit of a mob scene, or do we think it's going to be you know, pared back from, uh, from what we're used to? I don't know. I think it's hush-hush on numbers. Gen Con is always so quiet with numbers and the way they report them they want to make it sound like they're growing every year and it's hard to do that with how many people they have every year but yeah ah uh, no. yeah i have a feeling there's going to be a lot more people than what we what we are used to seeing over the last year but nothing compared to 2019 it'll feel like a lot of people just because we haven't seen that kind of crowd in a long time right no, I was, thinking, I was thinking the same thing. And I'm excited for it, too. Like, I know that the health protocols are all in place, so, you know, it'll be a safe space. And just make sure you, you know, wash your hands and, and take care of your hygiene. And, and chances are you're going to be you're going to be totally fine. Um, so, yeah. And I think both are requiring masks mm-hmm. on site, so. correct? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Regardless of vaccination status, I think that's what I saw in the the latest couple updates. So, yeah, just make sure that's in your plans. Yep. Which we need to get capstone Brandon masks too. Where that's more <laughs> more homework for us. <laughs> yeah, if we're gonna do that, we gotta do that tomorrow first thing in the morning. Yep. You need to get some with uh, trains on them and put them on the Discord. Oh my gosh! People <laughs> you got train nuts. socks. You got train masks. That's, that's the new. It's going to be train masks. It's going to be everybody asking for masks now. <laughs> no more socks. Finally, <laughs> we should do a mask, and there should be a smile on it. But the smile should be the little train components on there. Oh, uh, it's like a. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> Pretty soon, it's just going to be a whole train outfit. It's going to be a uh, top to bottom train outfit, capstone branded. Okay. Love it. During the Iberian Gage stream, I said we should have all dressed up as train conductors. So (laughs) I didn't see you Uh, wearing any train conductor stuff. If you have that just lying around, good for you. Like, not all of us have train conductor things lying around. I was going to say. Well, Josh, I went to fashion design school, so I have a lot of clothes laying around so i don't i i didn't i didn't go to fashion design school or or she could probably design school is i went there (laughs) yeah she she could probably macgyver went out of this paper clip and rubber band if not so classic she get it all figured out Uh, macgyver bringing the macgyver and the i like it hey if you're gonna go 80s you go 80s that was 80s was it Yes. Jill, we'll we'll set some kind of arbitrary goal and I'll dress up. There you go. For if we, we do corrosion, kind of- we should do engineers. But like back in the day or like do what they're wearing in the cards because I feel like that's pretty easy. It's almost like another train conductor outfit. <laughs> just just do it. Please. For the theme. Okay. It's turning into cosplay live stream. (laughs) 
don't know. We just did one live stream and all of a sudden we're doing cosplay now. <laughs> it just escalated so quickly. It's a, it's a slippery slope, man. Yeah. <laughs> Once you do one, you gotta do the other. Next next know. is LARPing while you live stream. Like you have to actually like <laughs> build, build the chrome machine. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Jill. If, if we can hit a certain number of viewers on the Corrosion live stream, I'll dress as a train conductor for Origins. Oh, <gasps> yes. Oh, my god! I'm gosh. telling everybody. No. <laughs> you what, what do we set the up. number at? What do we set the number at? A hundred. A hundred viewers? At one time. At one time. All right. All right. All right. A hundred viewers. A, that's a high bar for where yeah. we're at. Yep. A hundred well, viewers. And I will dress up as a train conductor at Origins and teach Iberian Gage. If we don't do a stream before Origins, can we move it to PEX unplugged? Fine. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> I just and I will even. Sure. I'm covering <laughs> my bases. <laughs> I even have my own train whistle. So Jill's confident this is going to happen. I have my own wooden train whistle. I'm telling everybody. Everybody's going to know. <laughs> And we're going to have 102 viewers. Is there a reciprocal (laughs) event here? If Josh's bet fails, do you have to do something? Do I have to do something? Yeah. I can dress up as a train conductor. (laughs) I'm totally fine with that. Unless, Unless, Josh, you want to pick something that's not dressing up as a train conductor for me. No, that's that's fine. I, I think that's that's fine. That's okay. that's a good bet. <laughs> I'll dress up as a train conductor if we don't hit 100 viewers. If we do, then Josh has to. I think that's a good bet. All right. <laughs> Let it be so. Make it so. It has been said. Either way, we have a train conductor in the booth. <laughs> yes. Clay, we both situation. win. <laughs> <laughs> For you guys, at least. <laughs> I would want to get one of those mustache, the Daniel Day Lewis mustache oh, yeah. from oh, There Will Be Blood. I have yeah. tried. My wife keeps saying no. I'm not allowed to do the handlebar. <laughs> I'll bring no, um, Jillian. Bring, bring an eyebrow pencil. We'll we'll figure it out. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ask Capstone, it's next. What is the common life cycle of a game? And Clay, do you have an answer for that? The common life, from my perspective, so it is all perspective based, I think. And from a publisher's perspective, really, you can have the what you think is going to be the hottest, best game ever. Talking to one of our partners right now, and there's some really high hopes for something coming out. And he's like, well, you know, the market's going to react and however the market reacts is, is really what is the true test for this game. And that's, that goes for everything. So it really just depends on the market reception. If it's not popular, it's gone. I mean, you will never see it again. Unfortunately, St. Petersburg, which is kind of, it's been around for a while, but most people are moving on to the newer stuff, but it's still a really good game. If you can find St. Petersburg, definitely get it. But most new games from a sales perspective, They'll have a large spike when it releases for the first time because everybody's interested in it. They want it. So there's a massive spike of sales. And then as time goes on, order sizes go down. 
uh, just because attention is on maybe newer products or we're so we're so in this cult of the new cycle where games hold attention, especially on Board Game Geek. If you're an avid BGG user, you'll see a game on the hotness for like a week or maybe two weeks at most. And then it's on to the next thing. Like what's the next new thing that's not available yet that I have to have right now, but I can't get it. That's just kind yeah, of it's just absolute, just these little flashes. Yeah. It seems like it's getting worse. I remember yeah. watching this stuff and uh, like when I was getting into gaming and the, uh, the, the items that were on the hot, hotness tended to be, boy, it tended to be like the, the, the same top 15, 20 things. Now they might, rearrange an order a little bit and you might i mean at that time it was you know terra mystica was real hot and it was always there to, just to give you an example yeah and i'm looking right now uh i don't well terraforming mars is on there that's the only evergreen i see on the list i'm pulling it up right now spirit island if you if you want to call that yeah. but yeah other than that it's all it's all these uh you know the the little flash in the pan type stuff yeah, and that's the thing. It's it's really hard to gauge interest and 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 retain that interest at more so. I mean, this is one metric. I don't I I don't put too much into the hotness just because most of the stuff you see there is a majority of is going to have miniatures inside the game of some sort or be that heavily thematic game like Dune is on there, Descent right now is on there. Ankh Gods of Egypt is on. I mean, it's just that type of game is typically on there. You don't see any new war games or um, like when Bayonets Tomahawks came out, that was still regarded as like one of the best war games from this this past year. And you just don't see it on the hotness. It just depends on the market that you're in. And right now it's the flashy games of with miniatures, I think, is kind of what dominates. But that's getting away from the question. Uh, yeah, I think. <laughs> It just mainly you'll you'll have this like slow you'll have a, a large spike and then it'll slowly go down till it stabilizes, and it's up to the publisher at that point. Do you want to invest in keeping the game in print at this velocity, which is how how fast the product is moving each month or whatever time period you're going to use? Is it worth your investment of time, physical space, and all that to sell this game? And that's really on the publisher. Do they want to pursue that or not? I mean, St. Petersburg, I mentioned it again. I could see that game if it's marketed correctly or maybe a change of theme. I think it could do really well and just be a consistent seller. Yeah, it just depends on a couple things. Yeah, my answer to that is um, I've only been here for a year, so I really have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so in, this is, I guess, the... The couple notes I had on here is uh, Tom Basil's definition on uh, this the question specifically around the idea of the you know, what games get a reprint is pretty interesting. He basically, I mean, to paraphrase, says that any title worth a reprint will tend to get one. With that concept, do you think that still holds true in today's hustle and bustle of the new ideas and the titles and the hotness? I'm reading the face. What do you uh, think, Clay? I'm. Uh, I mean, it's it's hard to say. I mean, it's. That it's kind of a vague statement, more or less, but the industry, I mean, I don't know when he said that or what, what, what year that quote was. Maybe back then, definitely. Yeah, because that's how we got started with were reprints of, of games. And I, I just don't see that happening that much, especially in this era. 
Well, and let me, and I, I didn't even think about it when I, when I wrote the, because you know, I wrote this question a, a while back uh, when we were originally prepping this, uh, that question, but uh, the overall ask capstone question. But one things that, one of the things that popped up is um, Black Rose Wars, which is one of the, one of the items on on the hotness right now, there's a uh, boy. I think it's on Kickstarter. It might be on GameFound. I think it's on Kickstarter, active Kickstarter right now. And that is basically a reprint or a a reimplementation of Wizwar, oh. but a highly produced version. With me, and I'm wondering if you know if you know when, when you add a little bit of flash, you add a little bit of production, kind of like what you were saying with. St. Petersburg, not saying you're going to take St. Petersburg and add a bunch of minis, but that right. type of mindset takes take something that has a, a you know a, de- a decent structure and a decent foundation, and then add some of the uh, the 2021 flash that people are getting used to and in kind of kind of driving toward. Phalanx is doing that with uh, the Alexander the Great game. Goodness, it's I can't. It starts with an S. It's one word. Um, successors is that it? I'm not sure. Yes, it's called successors. So this is Richard Berg okay. and Mark Simonich, GMT Games, fourth edition. Okay, yeah. But I think Phalanx has always had this. So this is a game that they've printed before, but they're just really amping up the graphics to make it more appealing. And with their latest releases, they've also included miniatures and and all that, just to really add that table presence and immersion for onlookers but okay so this looks like what they did just a couple years ago with hannibal and hamilcar exactly yes okay exactly okay so um this game i'm very interested in if i see it at a convention i will be walking home with it (laughs) it it really kind of rests on the shoulders of the publisher there's there's a lot of financial decisions that come into play with it and you know if it adds up with what their strategy is and what their plans are and they truly believe the product will do well, they will pull the trigger. And uh, that's that's kind of where we're at with it. I concur. <laughs> How about you, Josh? You got anything to add to this thing? Well, I mean, I think that um, the call to the new thing was really just exacerbated by the, the Kickstarter game found kind of crowdfunding because – companies didn't have to go take a chance on things as much because they could go to Kickstarter and be like, I know exactly how many people are at least interested in X amount of copies. X amount of people are going to pledge for X amount of copies. And, you know, it's, it makes it a lot easier to, to kind of gauge some interest with that using it as more or less a fancy pre-order system um, to get the money up front and to not not put as much risk on the shoulders of the publisher. Um, not as much. There's still risk involved, but not as much. And then if you that, – that just kind of caused an explosion of games. And there's so much that comes out in a given year. Like just finding a way to get over that hurdle to become evergreen. It's so hard. I mean, over the last couple of years, I mean – what really have you added to the real true evergreen titles? Like you mentioned terraforming Mars. You've probably got another one in what Azul, the original yeah. root root great Western trail. It, it's, it's hard to get over that barrier now. I do want to say, Josh, if I could interrupt you. Yeah. And we can announce 
Watergate is officially evergreen. Mm-hmm. Nice. It made it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it made it. That game is that game deserves it because it's fantastic. But anyway, just wanted a little little pause there to celebrate that hard earned moment. <laughs> it is crushing. Now, now he- heading back to Kickstarter and GameFound, though, do you think? And maybe this is a little bit for you, Clay. I don't know if if you think behaviors changed and maybe um, risk was diminished a little bit and would allow publishers to maybe take a chance where they wouldn't have been able to otherwise. Because like the one I would go to would be Kingdom Death Monster. I just don't see someone printing a bunch of copies of that and trying to throw them into retail stores and, or into hobby stores and hoping it sells. Yeah, this is a discussion on Kickstarter and there's there's a couple people that are key to that would be really good to talk to about that. But from my perspective, because we haven't done a lot, I think it's more of a I might get flack for this, but it, it uh, to me, it's a hype machine and it's really used to just kind of drive that desire to become part of the project and and be associated with it, even though there's a short window and you're not going to have the product for a year or two down the road. And it's just fascinating to see like how much, how many people can just jump into that and just become part of something that just, you know, it looks really cool on there and, and, and whatnot. I think that really drives a lot of the interest and gets people to, you know, Hey, I'll throw money at Kingdom Death Monster. That looks like a really cool game. That's all good and well. I think you're right. I, I could definitely see it, uh, see the platforms end up being used as uh, basically marketing tools. I feel like Kickstarter is like Steam on the PC, but you have to wait a year to get the game. It just reminds me of a lot of that interface when, because you used to go to the like Walmart or whatever and buy the PC game off the shelf in a box. Now it's all done through Steam or GOG or wherever else are your Epic games. And it's just everything's at your fingertips. You have all these games and like, oh, you're you're interested in Crusader Kings 3. You might like these 50 other games that are kind of related. And you just can go through this rabbit hole. And Kickstarter has the very same thing when you're looking at campaigns and getting updates. And you can just dive down deep into this of of all these products out there. And it's just these cool campaigns kind of point at you and it's, it's hard to resist. Like, Ooh, do I, I really want this, but do I need it? You know, like it might, you know, it just, you find yourself at least myself asking those questions. No, I gotcha. I hear you. Kickstarter is really addicting to like, I definitely had like a problem for a little bit where I was just like browsing it and I'm like, all right, well, I just spent like $200 on stuff that I'm not going to get for a while. <laughs> so can't, <laughs> can't wait. They have the monetary funding uh, as well as the number of people that have backed it. And when you see it like 5,000 people, and you're just like, oh, I want to be a part of that. And you kind of feel left out like you're not part of some some group. And I think there's a, little, uh, there's a really big psychological element to it that we're just kind of being made aware of and – there's, there's never been a tool like this out there to market and sell products because that's essentially what Kickstarter is. You're selling a product on there. And th- this is just a different way of going to market to sell the product. And You get that FOMO out there. FOMO is real. Yeah. Because <laughs> you get the Kickstarter exclusives. You get like uh-huh. the unlocked bonuses. 
and kind of like what Clay was saying, you you get seven, eight, ten thousand backers out there. It's like, oh, there's going to be all these people with this cool thing. I don't right. want to be the only one that doesn't have it. Yeah, right. the Everybody only one has it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I'm kind of seeing that translated into pre-orders with our games. Like people have like emailed Eric and have been like, "What's the benefit of pre-ordering a game from you guys?" And I'm like, I don't know, the game. I guess (laughs) like do you need more than just this game that you're ordering I understand like you maybe want like promos or something but like some games aren't gonna have that so like I think Kickstarter is like kind of making people expect more than just a board game sometimes just the product that you get the product plus a bonus yeah yeah so obviously like I've mentioned before I've only been here for a year so I don't know how often we like did promos before or how often Um, other publishers did that but in my year of working here I've seen kind of like a surge in questions of like oh is there a promo with this what's the benefit like blah 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 like what what am I getting from pre-ordering your game and why should I pre-order this game from you type of stuff Mm. yeah I mean it, it helps us as a publisher it's direct feedback. You're going to get the game sooner than anybody else when you pre-order from us. And sometimes we'll give you a, I mean, mo- most of the time we give you a nice fat discount right off the top. Mm-hmm. And then we have a low shipping threshold that's easy to hit. But more often than not, we're starting to see more promos from our games. We're really starting to provide that extra bonus material. I mean, with Curious Cargo, we did a, we did four player boards and the bus tile and card combo. That was a pretty awesome bonus yeah, that was big yeah. yeah with iberian gauge we had the the promo train that was when you compare both of them it's kind of hard to go back to the non-painted train yeah but uh <laughs> yeah it's just things like that are, are fun to do and uh we just appreciate everybody coming and supporting us directly yeah always will yeah we'll see how far kickstarter goes i don't know i'm i might be in the minority where i don't i don't see long-term legs with it but you know i i The whole way I want to go to market with Capstone is to, yeah, we're going to have a pre-order campaign, but you're going to get the games pretty soon. Um, They're they're already in production or finished. In the case of Imperial Steam, when we launched pre-orders, it was already finished and we were waiting to launch them because of the shipping delays that we're seeing out there. We wanted to be on a boat, so we're not promising you a date and then missing it by months and months. Right. Oh, God's throat. Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> Wait, you have a little cough there you okay um, yes you got a little need that cough roads cough <laughs> we don't some- we don't talk about that game it's the game we do not mention it's the yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, this is kind of interesting. I know we've kind of wandered away from the, uh, wandered away from the question a little bit, but, um, has anyone backed anything on GamePound versus, uh, versus Kickstarter? Not yet. I'm waiting for 11, the football manager board game to come out next Tuesday. I was <laughs> wondering. I knew that one was out there. It's coming. I'm ready. I'm interested to see that one because. Sports games traditionally do not do very well. I know Foyerland tried to do a sports game a few years ago. I mean, Portal Games is pretty good for marketing. I think they'll they'll get it out there and uh, people will have a solid yes or no on that. 
So we'll see what happens, man. Oh, I'm so excited for it. I'm already, <laughs> I told Natalie, I was like, I am going to put every dollar for the highest pledge level. Like I'm getting it all. <laughs> all in seven baby. days, yep. seven days, 12 hours. Yeah. Yep. The countdown has begun. That's another one. 7,000 people following. We'll see. Wow. I'm one of them. 7,000 people. It comes wow. with a life-size miniature of Christian Ronaldo and all that. You're just going to have all this stuff, Josh. I don't need any Ronaldo. He can. He and the rest of the Red Devils can just go elsewhere. Up the Reds. <laughs> Long live Liverpool. There we go. Oh, my. Look, Tim, you'll never walk alone. <laughs> All I know is the Cincinnati Cyclones were really good back in the day before they made it to the MLS. And now they're in the MLS and I don't think they do very well. But I am laughing because you got the two uh, lower Cincinnati teams mixed up. The Cyclones are the hockey team. <gasps> FC Cincinnati. Oh, my God. <laughs> Both the hockey team and, and the soccer quick. team were legit. Yeah. Like top i mean they were whatever league they were in they were just always in the championship i believe but anyway i digress <laughs> let's see but yeah i haven't done anything on game found tim have you uh yeah i have and i actually prefer it to kickstarter nice um at least every everything so far the um it seems like it's a little bit more publisher friendly at is least the from user what interface I've seen. better? Is that what it is? The user just... interface. The user interface seems to be better. The um, uh, the the overall pledge manager uh, it, it goes through GameFound as well, or at least everything I've I have done here has gone that route. Um, yeah, just overall up to this point, I've 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 liked that one better. Now, The Witcher. You said you you backed The Witcher, right? Yeah, that one went through okay. GameFound. Yep. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It looks like the pledge manager is on GameFound. Okay. Yeah, yeah they. Uh, it, it was it was very easy to do. I mean, I'm used to CrowdOx, I think, and BackerKit now. They're combined, yep. but even I mean, Albin VR just I think he just uses the basic Kickstarter collection form or whatever it is, but. It's interesting to see where it goes. I mean, I feel like we've said this for like the last five years. Well, what's going to happen with Kickstarter? Let's see what happens. Yep. And it's still here and it's still dominating. So, <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, until, until we stop getting, uh, you know, one, two, three million dollar uh, campaigns, it's going to be hard to hard to see people turn away from that. It's really good for the industry, though, you know, because it's pulling that the attention to games and it gives people something to talk about and it's, it's just another way of promoting the hobby and, and, and growing the industry as a whole. So, you know, there's pros to it as well. Don't get me wrong. It's really great for like self-published games too. There's always like really low thresholds on those like $5,000. Like I just backed a game called Reapers, which is a trick taking game. And I think that ends tomorrow, August 31st. And that's from a self-published company. So I'm excited to get that. But it, it's really cool to see their, people do their own little projects and games. That's not really condescending the way that I sound, said that. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's really it's awesome to see that. And I think Kickstarter 
and probably game pound is really good for that yeah i mean i remember that's how wise wizard games got their start with star realms like 2013 i just found this random game and i backed it and it like blew up after the campaign ended and they that was the quickest quick kickstarter i ever got it was delivered to my house within a month wow like that's amazing that was insane like but they they got that and now they're you know they've got multiple product lines that they've got out there like five or six different games are still putting out new star realms content they've got hero realms and uh epic and a couple of other newer games and it's just like they got their start literally on kickstarter and now like they're able to do so much more with their with their product just because that really gave them that early boost to to really get out there and and start doing the the games that they were doing that they were doing. So, I mean, it's really cool to see the the companies that are able to leverage a platform like that. Yeah, you said that they got their start with Kickstarter. I think that's really a nice way of doing it. And then they're working with distribution because when we go to Alliance Open House and ACD Games Day, we see them there and um, I've actually met a couple of the people. They're really nice. And um, working with retail is very rewarding. It's it's a lot of fun to work with distribution and retail on promoting games together. There's a lot of opportunities there that aren't really discussed I mean, because everything's so focused on Kickstarter, but just that channel to me is 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 my favorite. That's that's kind of like why I'm that, that that's how I go to market with Capstone is just to to work directly with retailers and distribution to really promote our games that way. You have more people talking about your games, and we have a brand now that retailers are are trusting us, and they're actually wanting to know, hey, what's the new Capstone game coming out for holiday time? We need to know because they're just there to to back us and and work together with us. So that's full circle kind of coming where I'm coming from on all that. I mean, I was at my FLGS yesterday with my kids, saw two copies of coffee traders on the shelf. Like, I mean, solid. That's awesome. So it's, they also had pipeline and they had, they had a whole bunch of, uh, I saw Renature. I'm trying to think of all the ones because I was oh, my wow, kids were going around trying to find the Capstone Games logo, and they <laughs> were like, awesome. "Daddy, Daddy, that's your company." I'm like, "No, I just I work with that. That's <laughs> not my company. <laughs> not mine. It's Mr. Clay's. <laughs> Mr. Clay's. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's cool. All right." Well, very good. Was there anything else we wanted to uh, add in here before we wrap up? I don't think so. All right. Everyone at conventions, if you're listening, stop by, say hi, and tell us uh, that you listen to us on the podcast. It'd be nice to get some feedback on that. And Yeah, absolutely. Let's yeah. play a game together. All right. Mm. Yeah. Looking forward to looking forward to Gen Con. This is gonna be this is gonna be great gonna be fun all right so use the hashtag ask capstone if you want us to answer any of your hot questions this could range from industry questions to game preferences all the way to personal day-to-day questions join our discord and toss a question or comment in the ask capstone channel in addition make sure to take a look at our latest and upcoming streaming events join us during the stream and please do not refrain from tossing in some interesting questions comments in the live chat to distract jillian so we all can try to catch up to her and iberian gauge 
And that purple train, ah, oh, that dreaded purple train. Purple Purple the, the, the purple company uh, subscribe to the capstone youtube channel and hit that bell icon to get notifications of new content lastly join us next time when eric joins us again to discuss the activity and peril of customer service as well as plans for essenspiel that's it folks yeah we'll catch you next time beyond the table you take your picture Another picture, picture time. Oh my gosh. I have some ideas for Kickstarter though. Like I think we, when we're talking about Kickstarter, I just got to think and like there's a couple of cool projects I'd like to try. Um I mean that that's that's what it's for, is to try things that And that's I guess that's where I was getting or trying to get to is it, it allows a a little you can have some creative risk. You, know, you can toss things out there and if they don't work, okay they didn't work. Never mind. Marcus yeah. out there. 